This is 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 the local music revolution. The local music revolution. The local music revolution. Local music revolution. Welcome to the Local Music Revolution. I am your host, Ogre. How are you doing? On today's episode, we have The Architect out of Pismo, California. Yeah, Pismo. My bad. I got to talk to the singer, Brooks, uh, in this interview, which was really cool. I got to meet him and the rest of the band um, and the guest singer and um, a bunch of things like that because... Um, I saw them at the Map the Universe CD release in Visalia, California. This was when I was first starting the podcast thing and first starting to reach out like in person, which is a little odd because I'm usually kind of reserved and laid back and I, I can't promote me, man. I can promote bands and do things like that, but me, like it was just weird. I had to get back into that routine. So I bought the Architect CD because it was one of them, the bands that actually had the CD at the show, which was awesome. I got uh, three, I believe, of the four bands that were on that show. And it was killer, man. Really killer. One of my favorite things about the Architect is the fact that they all have the same shirt. Um, it's, I think it's from my 80s roots where bands looked like bands. Um, and you can tell them apart from just the random person in the crowd. Um, but they all have this diamond shape and Brooks will actually get into what that means and, and why they wear it and everything like that. But that was what struck me really hard about the band is that diamond and their, their, uh, uniform look. And it was just amazing to see that. Plus they're pretty, pretty good to see live. I'm not going to lie. It was a very nice show as well. And speaking of shows, this show, this podcast, however you want to word it, is uh, advancing and moving forward at an alarming rate, which is really awesome. There are things around the band that I'm super excited to announce and to share with everybody listening. Uh, Sadly, it's not yet time. You will just have to sit on the knowledge that I am advancing and making leaps and bounds and awesome things happen. If you want to contact me, all you have to do is go to facebook.com slash the local music revolution on Twitter at TLMR podcast on Tumblr at tumblr.com slash the local music revolution on Instagram at the local music revolution and on WordPress, the local music revolution dot WordPress dot com. Oh, I can breathe now. So that was a mouthful, but you can contact me at all of those places. Let me know what you think of the show. If you are looking for other places to find the podcast than the place you found the podcast, all you have to do is go to iTunes, Stitcher, any other podcast catcher, or YouTube, and look up The Local Music Revolution. We will be there. All you have to do is subscribe, rate, add, or comment. Let me know how you found us, how you like us, and uh, 
if there are any bands that you suggest because I do take suggestions or referrals however you want to word it my biggest referral is my sponsors yes another segue I think I'm getting better at these but I'm not exactly sure how to rate that so we'll figure that out as time goes on so stringjoy.com great place to buy guitar strings acoustic strings or bass strings all you have to do is contact them and you can get a custom set of strings made to fit the sound in your head every guitarist has a sound in their head sometimes we find it and it is a great moment sometimes you don't and that is when stringjoy.com comes into play guys all you have to do is talk to them let them know what you're thinking what you would like to do and what the sound is in your head and they will help you fit their strings to your sound it is a great great thing that they're pulling off here and i really enjoy the fact that they are doing it and that they are helping the artists so go to stringjoy.com let them know what they can do for you they have strings they have cables and they have picks and once you've got all of your equipment in that cart go to checkout and enter promo code local that's l-o-c-a-l and you will get a discount for being a listener of the local music revolution. And things are said. People were talked about. It is time to get to Brooks from The Architect. This is his interview and why he is so very awesome. All right, we're live. I'm here with Brooks, the singer for The Architect. How are you doing, man? What's going on, Andrew? Thanks so much for having me today, bud. Uh, no worries, man. I saw you guys, and you guys blew me away, so I had to try to do whatever it took to get you on the show. So, thank, thank you. so much, man. Thank you. All awesome, right, bud. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, um, first question, give me background for the band. How did you guys get together? When did you guys form? And um, how, how did you get the current members that you have now? Definitely, definitely. Uh, essentially, we always kind of think of just Joseph and myself, our drummer, as the uh, core members because we've had so many different uh, lineup changes over the course of the last, you know, two years or so that we've been playing shows. So it's really like Joseph and I. And uh, so we were kind of really the the start of a lot of it. Uh, I was born and raised on the central coast of California, Pismo Beach area, California. And um I was really raised most of my life here, and uh, for a short period of time, I was going to a ministry school, actually, in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, for a little while. So uh, I was there for a little bit and, and, you know, started listening to heavy music in my early teens and then decided to go to the school for a short time. And while I was there, I just kind of developed an even more love for, for heavy music, for metal hardcore bands. And uh, after a while, I just wanted to start doing some writing, so actually our first EP that was recorded and released was called the Benevolent EP and uh, it was a lot of just me by myself in my room spending a lot of time writing writing and writing tons of guitar bass drums all that kind of stuff and uh, I have a background primarily in guitar and uh, just learning how to how to compose and write heavier music uh, found a guy uh, it was a, a good buddy of mine at the time um, in Kansas City who had a personal studio and got together the drums were primarily programmed and kind of written by himself and i and then uh just did all the guitar and bass and tracking and all the vocal tracking all myself to kind of get it going i knew kind of had this image for the bands and and kind of this uh this set path that i knew i wanted to 
that I wanted to put in place. And uh, I knew that starting off by doing some of the writing myself would kind of help kick things off and uh, make progress move a little bit quicker. And, you know, there's, there is something really fun and organic about, uh, you know, a bunch of guys writing music together in the same room. But there is a little bit of part of it that was like, man, I want to get this, like, you know, kicked off and going so that we can start doing a lot of local shows in our area and stuff and, and kind of get moving. So I was like, all right, well, I will kind of get kicked off of this EP myself and, and do everything myself and then get to a point when I've got these other guys to play with me but after that, we'll be able to uh, to keep it moving after that and, and do all the writing together after that. So it was basically just myself in Kansas City uh, writing and recording this EP called The Benevolent EP. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I don't it, it's just so much, so much fun. It was just an absolute organic, creative experience. Um, I was working with my buddy Matt Boda at the time, who I believe is still out in Kansas City right now. An incredible super talented the guy's younger than me man i'm 23 and the guy's you know a couple years younger than me and he's an incredibly talented dude wow. and uh he had done primarily like worship bands and a lot of like church bands but he wanted an opportunity to work with heavier bands and and to work with heavier music so it was an awesome opportunity to get to work with him and do a lot of the writing and recording it was mixed mastered and released on uh 3 13 13 march 13 uh, 2013 and uh, after that, I had no idea what was going to happen. I, I didn't know if it was just something I was going to release on my own, if we were going to do something together with other bands and other musicians or whatever we were going to do. I got contacted by one of my good friends from out here in uh, in Pismo Beach area, California. And he said, hey, man, after after the EP dropped and he grabbed a copy of it, he's like, man, I, I absolutely love some of these songs on here. Like, I'm super proud of you. This is great. Like... You know, if you ever consider wanting to play and, and want to do this thing live and start playing some shows, you let me know. And his name was Joseph Harder. And uh, he and I said, all right, man, you know what? I'm packing my bags. I'm leaving Kansas City. I'm going to be out there and let's let's make this thing happen. So it was super exciting to get to come out here and start working with Joseph. He, uh, he started learning the song super quickly. He's an unbelievable drummer, just an incredible dude, incredible drummer. And I uh, learned the song super quickly. We uh, had our buddy Jimmy Lopez playing guitar for us for a little while, so I'm teaching all of them the songs off the EP to kind of get it going and, and, and get stuff moving at a quick pace. And uh, and then bass players were just kind of sporadic, man. It was just all over the place as far as bass players mm-hmm. go. We've always been a four-piece. I'm a big believer in the four-piece uh in the, in the four-piece uh, structure for metalcore bands, which is pretty uncommon considering most bands are five- and six-piece of our genre. is yeah. a lot more common. And uh, we're just heavily influenced by bands like Phineas and and uh, Fit for a King and a lot of four-piece bands that really are like close to our hearts and stuff like that, and bands like The Overseer and a lot of stuff like that. So uh, it was Jimmy Lopez, Joseph Harder, and myself, and we were kind of going through different bass players. And we had a guy named Cody playing bass for us. We had a guy named Nick playing bass for us for a little while. And we just kind of knew that, like, even though we didn't have a permanent bass player at the time, that we just wanted to keep it moving, and that wasn't necessarily going to hold us back. And, like, even if it was people that were just playing with us for a couple shows or something, and, and that would be it. But it was uh, it was an awesome experience just to kind of, like, get things going with the EP. So the Benevolent EP really just kind of kicked everything off. And uh, we still we still love playing songs off of it to this day, even though we feel like our, our new album, Life Giver, is a lot more developed than than that EP and uh, our other singles and stuff. It's a lot more developed, but there's some there's something just kind of 
classic about that EP. We just we still love playing songs off of it. So we always tend to throw at least one or two songs off of that EP into every single set list and every show that we play all over the place. Nice, man. All right, so since you you have the new gentleman in the band, um, how has the vision changed for the architect? I mean, you you had a vision when you wrote the EP, so has it changed yeah. much since? Uh, I would honestly say the vision is, is pretty spot on. We had a big, uh, especially Joseph and myself, had a couple pretty big, like, I don't know, meetings, I guess, discussions, whatever we wanted to do. He and I have always been... Uh, super on point with kind of what we wanted for the band, what we wanted to do to you know influence people and play great music and and uh, have the kind of foundation of Christ in our music without being at the point where it's so overbearing where people are like feel like it's being for you know for lack of a better term forced down their throats or forced to believe what we believe or anything like that. So we had kind of a we've always had kind of a pretty solid vision regardless of any other members that have played with us and we had kind of a little bit of a meeting together we were kind of like all right well what what approach do we want to take with this you know do we want to want to do this full-fleshed 100 percent like ministry oriented thing you know do we want to be in a band you know for example like someone like four today or like one of those bands that are just super like way more out there or do we want to take a more mild approach with it and in the end we ended up taking you know being influenced by bands like augustburg dread and you know, spending some time trying to figure out what we wanted to do. We wanted to take this approach where it's always like kind of the foundation of our music. But at the end of the day, man, we're there to put on a good show. And it's like, if people want to go to church, they can go to church. But it's like, we're there to put on a good show and have fun and touch people's lives and and just uh, and just absolutely, you know, have a blast. And so that's always kind of been the core foundation, regardless of, you know, different people that have played with us and stuff and, and everything. That's always been kind of the number one priority. Nice man, so uh, so you guys are uh, religious and you try to put that into your music. Um, that's that's what I'm getting, right? Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of do, yeah, kind of do a certain extent. Uh, uh, like, I hate I hate the term using religious because it's almost like believing in. Uh, you know, I had a youth pastor all the time, and one of my good friends that used to be like it. it it's like acts without faith, and you know, just kind of like kind of that kind of a term but kind of to a certain extent yeah and it's more just guys that have influenced us for so many years you know bands like august burns red and under oath and Azalea dying and a handful of other bands and devil wars prada and stuff like that and, and we were just kind of christian dudes that we felt like didn't fit in to the rest of the normal like worship setting with all these other like you know worship bands you know we've all played on worship bands at some point or another in our life and we were just like man we don't fit that mold like we don't want to be a part of that mold but we still want to share the message of jesus to a certain extent without you know again being like insanely overbearing or forcing people to believe in what we believe and put on a great show man like it's it's about heavy music it's about middle court it's about hardcore it's about all the stuff that that we've always loved you know yeah yeah i understand man um I, the reason i'm asking is because um there was a lot of resistance in the beginning when um these christian based bands came out um i remember i i've always been a fan of demon hunter and they're a christian band too <laughs> christian metal yeah, i love me some demon hunter and um uh i used to tell people that with pride and they'd like they're like but they're christian it's like that doesn't matter at all yeah, uh, yeah. it's good music and like i like that music I like what he says. I like how he portrays it. You know, I, I like that. So um, if you don't mind me asking, have you guys actually met any resistance um, with uh, your music? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I 100% agree with you, Andrew. Like, it's seriously about the music, like, more than anything. And that's why, like, you go onto our iPods or what we listen to in the van, and a lot of the bands we listen to aren't Christian bands. You know, I listen to a lot of Dave Matthews' band and Demi Lovato and Lamb of God and all kinds of other stuff, man. It's about the music. And it's like, I love tons of different styles of music and, and everything, man. And we have definitely met some resistance. Um, nothing that was like, insanely unbelievable or like anything that was you know like in the nothing crazy or anything like that we didn't have anyone you know like throwing stuff at our van or anything crazy like that but uh but we definitely have and believe it or not most of the time and part of the reason we love playing with non-christian bands so much is like we've actually had more acceptance from bands who aren't christian and from kids who aren't christian kids that just kind of come to the show to have fun and you know we're in the middle of a set list somewhere or one of the opening bands and they're like oh hey these guys actually like are kind of fairly humble and they're not trying to force me to believe what they want to believe and they're here just to put on a good show and have a good time and all that good stuff man so we definitely have met some resistance but 90 percent of it i would solidly say is really from uh from christian venues that have a hard time with heavy music being played even though we consider ourselves a christian band been playing in like you know bars and clubs all over the place where uh, you know we've definitely had more resistance from from uh christian venues and churches and stuff like that but if, you know we don't feel that this music is christian and you know we don't want this played and this and that and we're like all right whatever we just like kind of move on play our show and do our thing and and whatever but man we've played everywhere i mean everywhere from clubs and bars and churches and community centers and you know people's houses and tool sheds and people's <laughs> back porches of their houses man i mean everything you can imagine like anywhere we could set up and play like we were pretty much down to do it and uh and that's that's what it's about more than anything yeah man it, it truly is uh, that's it, it's great that you don't let that affect you because it's so easy to have somebody uh, try to to tear you down or uh, get in your way that it, it can become a problem and a hassle and it's it's great to hear that you guys didn't allow that to happen oh yeah definitely man if you're easily offended and uh you know super sensitive musically you know being in the metalcore hardcore genre music is not the right genre for you man i'll tell you what like you can't you can't freak out and be too you know making demands like like freaking you know if i was like Nicki minaj on stage every night or something like that man want my bowl of yellow m&ms or something like that every night you you just gotta be humble and and love people and uh and just love the music man it's all out It, it truly is man so speaking of that can you tell me about the song life giver Absolutely. Uh, it's very likely one of my favorite, if not my absolute favorite song in the entire album. Um, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big, it's, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. It's a little bit of, a, I'm not a big concept album kind of a guy. I don't usually write stuff in a really detailed kind of a story. I love listening to concept albums, but when I write, I find I don't do a lot of writing for concepts, but there is kind of a certain movement that the album Life Giver kind of does move, and it's kind of a transformation in somebody's life. And it starts, you know, uh, at the beginning with Igniter and Misleader and starts very at a much more dark perspective and then kind of goes from dark to light. And so Life Giver is, is uh, towards the end of the album, and so it's sort of, a, for lack of a better term, like the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like after this dramatic change in somebody's life. And, uh, and in the end, there's just a, a lot of positive... Uh, 
a lot of positive movements and essentially it's it's all kinds of stuff man anywhere from thoughts and feelings if i just see something personally or personal experiences i go through or uh, all kinds of different stuff that inspired me to write that song the song life giver essentially is it's about uh, a dramatic transformation in somebody's life either either mentally spiritually uh from the perspective i'm writing it it's, it's from the perspective of god essentially you know changing my life or someone else's life or something it, really any anybody's life and uh but everything i almost always write through the perspective of myself or as a direct message to myself either way and i even say that on a couple of songs of the album so it, it's very likely my absolute favorite song in the album um has some really fun moments in it it's really vocally uh super diverse it's musically super diverse uh we were lucky enough to have the vocalist of an amazing band called Forevermore, who signed us all state records. His name is Kramer Lowe, and he's an incredible dude, and uh, his band Forevermore is amazing. He was also uh, in a band called Onward to Olympus uh, for a long time on Face Down Records, and they were an amazing band as well. So, And when that band broke up, he joined Forevermore, and they're a band that just really, really influenced us a lot, and we reached out to him and told him about the song, told him about the album, and uh, he was super excited to be a part of it. So he actually has a guest vocal segment, uh, Kramer Lowe from Forevermore. So it's just absolutely awesome, and we're super lucky to have it. Nice, man. All right, so right now I'm going to play Life Giver. Awesome. <laughs> Let's go! 
All right, that was Life Giver. All right, Brooks, so um, tell me a little bit about the writing for the record Life Giver. Um, how did it start? Did you guys have any plans? And if you could elaborate a little, you said that it was loosely based on a concept, so can you go into that too, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we had, we're kind of in a little bit of a, this was like, I'm trying to think, December 2014 or so, November, December, right around that time, and we were kind of starting to plan out. We knew our next release wanted to be a full length, uh, and we were kind of starting to plan out what we wanted to do, what kind of a style we wanted to go for, uh, how we wanted to keep things that we liked and, and also be open to different changes and different things we wanted to do. We knew going into it that we wanted a, a definitely a heavier album. Now we're, you know, metalcore-esque or whatever, for lack of a better term. So it's like we knew we wanted heavyish music, but we were kind of ready to push it even another step further. And we're really influenced by bands like Zipper King and Gideon and you know, uh, Phineas and a lot of like really incredible bands like that. So we're like, man, let's take an approach of, of writing an album that's even a step heavier than stuff that we've done. And I know that's, uh, again, a little bit cliche just to say, oh, well, it's heavier than the last one. But we legitimately were like, man, let's let's take this, like, you know, let's take this up a notch and let's see if we can step up the musicianship and, and step up how the energy to it and how heavy it was and all that kind of stuff. So we had lost our guitarist, Jimmy Lopez, uh, had left on good terms uh, around November. Uh, we had wrapped up a Southern and Central California tour in November of 2014, and it was getting right to the beginning of 2015, and we had a couple different options. We had uh, our good friend Thomas, who was in a band called The Great Abandon out here in our area, who wrote a few of the songs for us. And then we had our friend uh, Jason Kemp from a band called Apogee, actually out in Visalia. And between the two of them, they helped to write a lot of the guitar parts for us. Now, they wrote the very core, kind of, uh, the core of the song, and then we all would kind of get together and write our own parts on top of it. Joseph would listen to all the songs, write all of the drum parts over to it, uh, and we would get, uh, you know, our bass player at the time, Louie, uh, who was learning all of his parts and trying to get everything down and helping with a lot of the composition uh, more than anything. And, uh, and kind of modeling their song. So we were kind of like without a guitarist at the time, but we still wanted to progress and, and keep moving forward instead of, you know, we, don't, we, don't, we just don't want to be a band that, that mopes around every single time we, you know, lose a member or something happens, you know, as much as like it's kind of a bummer, but we don't want to consider that a stalemate for us. You know, we don't want to lose a member and just be like, oh, well, you know, maybe in six months when we can get someone else, we'll, we'll keep riding. We're like, no, we're just, we're going to keep going and we're going to keep moving and, and keep playing shows and doing our thing. And uh, so between the two of them, they wrote all the guitar parts in the album, our friend Thomas and Jason Camp, and uh, and got together and wrote all the parts kind of around it and went from there. And it was an absolute blast. It's been awesome. Nice, nice. So, um, so who did you get to play guitar for you um, when you're playing shows now? Yeah, when we're playing shows, actually, our friend uh, Jason Kemp has been filling in for us for a lot of our shows from the band called Apogee, and uh, and our friend uh, Michael Valencia is playing bass for us now, Joseph Harder and myself, and uh, if you guys have never heard of Apogee, Apogee is just an incredible technical progressive metalcore band, so him playing for us, I mean, our stuff is, is super fun to play, but the music he's used to playing is, like, so technical that I'm sure for him to play our album, he's like, oh, man, this is easy stuff. It was like... <laughs> It was like nothing, and uh, so he's an awesome dude. Jason Kemp is just an incredible guitarist, and his other band Apogee is just incredible. All right, so um, going back a little bit, um, you said that that you guys pieced it together. So when it came to you and your lyrics, um, 
how did you go about writing that? Um, did you already have ideas or did you kind of let the song guide you? I kind of did a little bit of a combination of both. I had kind of a core idea. I knew I wanted the entire album to kind of have this underlying concept of transformation. And uh, and so I wanted the, the lyrics to kind of move in a little bit of a movement without being a, a super in-depth concept album, but kind of something that was a certain amount of a, a movement or a personal change or personal transformation from beginning to the end. So at the beginning, it starts with Igniter. Igniter is just kind of like the intro. And you could think of like the igniting as kind of like the beginning of uh, of some kind of a transformation. Misleader and Abandoner both are sort of uh, the dark parts of yourself. Uh, it's sort of, sort of the awakening out of a stalemate of, of maybe not thinking that you're valuable or not thinking that you have any purpose with your life or that you're not feel like you're not going anywhere, you're not doing anything. And so it's kind of this beginning, this igniting uh, misleader and abandoner are both kind of about the awakening of yourself out of it. Uh, then we have Rationalizer and Humanizer, essentially uh, the next two tracks, uh, tracks four and track five on the album, that are kind of about uh, Rationalizer is more the, the internal argument with myself about tons of tons of different spiritual and emotional issues and uh, working through basically getting rid of, of all the trash and all the evil that's in your life and, and essentially uh, beginning that personal, more of that beginning of personal transformation. Salvager is sort of uh, about picking up the pieces of of your life and, and starting something new again, sort of the equivalent of, you know, moving out of a, uh, a dark place that you've been living in for a long time and are, and are moving, kind of leaving that area. Encourager is essentially uh, the direct encouragement of me, uh, sort of my perspective of, of speaking with God, sort of, and uh, and Him kind of as a direct response to me. Reshaper is, again, kind of movement into the light, and then finally finishes with Life Giver, of this very, very deep uh, spiritual kind of content in God's like direct response to me. So there are a lot of cool underlying kind of loosely concepts, uh, a lot of uh, concepts in there. Nice, man. Nice. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, so again, when you're writing and, and you want these concepts, um, were you trying to blatantly um, explain what you were feeling at the time, or did you kind of take a back seat and use metaphorical ideas and, and things like that? I'm big on using a, a lot of metaphors, and, and one of my biggest lyrical influences is uh, Micah Kennard from O Sleeper. And he's an awesome dude because he has a great way of, uh, if you want to want to read it as something that's a little bit more upfront and, and uh indirect you can but there's these lots of underlying metaphors that could really be applied in a bunch of different ways and i think a lot of my lyrics kind of reflect that in a lot of similar ways so i like to have uh, some really blatant like boom like there's there's like some crazy like some of the parts in this leader it's like man like you spit on the ashes of my father who loves enough to keep you alive alive like these kind of very blatant lyrics but then a lot of kind of these metaphors underneath where you could kind of you know, anyone could interpret it tons of different ways, man. I mean, if you wanted to, to take this as someone's uh, uh, someone's change, any kind of a spiritual or emotional change in their life from negative to positive, you could take this. Whether it was spiritually, it was someone, uh, you know, finding Jesus in their life, whether it was someone that was uh, getting rid of uh, drugs, alcohol, uh, leaving a dark lifestyle and, and making the decision to leave it and want to change change their lives and and move away from that darkness and kind of want to move out of it. And that's always kind of been 
the emphasis of a lot of my lyrical content. And again, 90% of it is me speaking to myself, usually. And I, and I even say the first lyrics of Encourager are, I write this message to myself, but take notice if you wish, like kind of a, this is more important that I'm speaking this to myself first and foremost, and not telling you how to live your life before I think, you know, not saying I am somehow on a pedestal or somehow better than you, that I'm above this message or something like that. So it's kind of cool to take that approach to it. It's really interesting you say that because, um, uh, as I told you in a break, I'm finishing up an album that I've been writing. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I noticed when I started writing things, um, I wouldn't have a plan. I just start writing things and kind of get the gist of it as I wrote. And for the most part, it was me telling myself things I needed to hear. And it was, you know, encouragement or addressing things that I needed to address. And it just came out that way. And it's really cool to see that, that you actually have a similar approach to the lyrical writing uh, for Life Giver. Um, so if, if we could forward a little bit. All right. You, you've got the lyrics and everything in the studio. Did you do any editing or do you keep your uh, your lyrics the same from when you write them down until you record them? Uh, we do a lot of a lot of uh, work beforehand. A lot of uh, especially with my wording, I'm, I'm like to be pretty particular about the way I put syllables down, and that's it, it's very similar, I guess, when you're writing metalcore and hardcore vocals, and you're writing screams and clean vocals and yells and all these other different kinds of. Uh, like heavier music, it's actually very similar to the way you would write, uh, like if you were writing a hip-hop song or rap music and you're sort of planning out the way your syllables approach on top of the song. So there's a lot of work that we do beforehand, and it's literally anything from just like having logic at home or having uh, even using GarageBand at home just to map out words. And so we had several versions of the songs beforehand and of course little things always get tweaked when they're at when we're actually doing recording hey why don't you guys try this or that or or do whatever and i try to have the other guys involved in it as much as humanly possible as much as they can hey well maybe try saying this word here instead or that word but a really simple way of writing great lyrics is to write a simple statement like if you literally just write something super bare bones and simple like elementary school of like i feel sad and like that's a very simple statement for example if i feel sad and you can literally bust out a, a thesaurus and start just thinking in your mind and you're like, okay how can i develop this phrase to say a lot more and it's like all right I've, i'm full of sorrow okay we go there now we take it to the next layer and you add more and more layers on top of it and then pretty soon you have a statement that's way more developed that works the syllables work with whatever guitar riff is playing or whatever drum part is going on and it, and part of being a good vocalist is knowing when to how much lyrics how many lyrics should i be putting on and how much lyrics am i you know am i taking away from the music am i taking away from this guitar part or this breakdown by putting lyrics all over it or should i just leave this alone and uh and it's it's sort of this finding this perfect balance in between of being able to do that and so there is a lot of work that i do ahead of time of planning the songs out and planning the syllables out and the way I'm going to say things. But of course, you know, we get into tracking and words get changed here and there or little phrases get changed or someone has an idea and was like, hey, well, you know, try this word instead or what about this phrase or that phrase? And at the end of every song, I always have, it's usually a couple paragraphs and they're all phrases or words or uh, some kind of statements that I wanted to use in the song that I didn't feel 
sit. And so they would kind of be the equivalent of, you know, having like a, I don't know, like a deleted scene in a movie that a director uses or something like that. And I keep them off to the side and I keep them as a possibility to use later. So I have the whole core song put out. And then if one of the other band members will kind of look at this other miscellaneous set of lyrics I have that are kind of my, you know, bucket set of lyrics that I don't know what to do with, but I really like them, but they didn't somehow fit somewhere else anywhere. And they'll kind of be like, oh, we'll try this phrase or try that phrase or or do whatever. And so there were tons of times throughout the album, especially on songs like Salvager, Encourager, uh, tons of sets of lyrics where Joseph would lean over or, you know, Louie would lean over and be like, hey, you know, you should try this here or see how that sounds or try phrasing this this way or that way. And it, it just makes for writing that just has so much more depth to it. Awesome, man. So can you tell me about the song Misleader? Absolutely. Um, it's very likely, very likely my favorite song in the entire album. Although Misleader and Life Giver are pretty, both pretty on point for me. <laughs> um, it's essentially it's a calling out, calling out of of evil for the most part, and calling out of Satan for the most part. And uh, you know, the beat, we wanted something that that kicked off the entire album and just hit it really hard. And Misleader, we felt like just kicked it off more than any of the other songs to use for one of the first tracks and you know there's an intro track and it goes straight into the beginning of misleader and a lot of the lyrics in it are essentially just just crazy calling out of uh, of evil and of the devil and uh you know you spit on the ashes of my father who loves enough to keep you alive and like all kinds of crazy stuff in the way that you know satan uses or evil he just uses deception against you and you know all the all the cool stuff man that all the all the kids like to talk about metal and that's and that's dark stuff and light stuff and spiritual stuff and, and all kinds of stuff man so there's a touch of all of that in the song misleader awesome i want to play the misleader <clears throat>
That was misleader. So, Brooks, we're talking about Life Giver and how you decided to write it and, and the lyrical content to it. So, how was the recording for this album? Uh, recording was an absolute blast. Uh, we have a few good friends in a band called Apogee that recorded their full-length album at our friend Travis Walter's house. And he's a super, super talented producer. Uh, he has an awesome studio at his house, essentially. And we were kind of debating what we wanted to do for this album. We didn't know if we wanted to go directly to somebody to have them do all of the mixing and mastering. We were considering sending it off to a handful of different people. Uh, we were considering sending it off to a guy in Kansas City that did the Wrongdoers album by Norma Jean. And uh, we had a bunch of different ideas of what we wanted to do. And we started hearing some of the early demos of some of the stuff that they could do for us and we were just so blown away by how we felt the quality of it was so solid that we were just so stoked with it that we're like man let's use travis and then jason kemp who actually wrote about half of the songs on the album three quarters songs on the album or so uh did a lot of the uh, mixing and mastering and, and recording and tracking himself with him and travis walters and again both of those guys are an incredible band called apogee and uh, just awesome awesome dudes and they just put out some great quality stuff so we started uh, tracking day one and we were just luckily because we had planned so much ahead of time and i always recommend for any bands that want to do recording just get as much as you can possibly do ahead of time you know have all of your songs mapped out you know 80 percent or so and then kind of be open for change a little bit but have a nice like core layout of exactly pretty much the way you want the song to be and then have a little bit of an open mind for any future changes or or post-production things you want to do to the song so for most of the songs i mean we had you know 80 90 percent we were pretty spot on with what we wanted and from day one of, of thomas did the first tracking himself jason kemp did the rest of the guitar tracking 
And we, I mean, we were flying through the songs. We we were able to have all of the guitar tracking done in like a day and a half. And he was just absolutely flying through. He had the songs down so much that uh, you know the songs down just man just spot on. I mean, we were blown away. We were like, we can't believe he's he's got them down so well. And then uh, we just started building around that core. And then obviously it goes to it goes to drums and bass and vocals are always last. And uh, so we were just moving through it really quickly, and we're super impressed by by the quality. Nice man. So, um, so you guys were you guys all in there the entire time that you guys were recording, or did you guys um, ask for individual time uh, for yourselves? Uh, we were actually. It was. It was really. We were the only project at the time that they were working on from a producer standpoint. And then as far as us as a band, we actually kind of took turns switching out. You know, we recorded in Visalia uh, with uh, Travis Walters at, at his house in Visalia. I mean, we live in Pismo Beach area, California, um, in a Pismo Beach area. So it's about a two and a half hour drive or so. And we would literally, we just had this routine going where we're just, we'd all, you know, on our group text message, just be like, hey, are you guys ready to to head out and whoever wanted to go out and contribute to writing we did it and we just you know there was a lot of transitioning going on you know some weeks it would just be myself or it'd be me and thomas or it'd be me and joseph or some weeks it would be me joseph and Louis. it'd be the whole band out there sometimes and we would just contribute to writing as much as we could all together but unfortunately you know sometimes you just have to make decisions without other band members whether i'm i'm there or not there or whatever and uh but it's so cool just to have them all contribute to a certain extent with writing it's definitely awesome nice man so um sorry so going back to uh your shows um when did you guys start playing out shows for this album cycle uh for this album cycle we started in uh, shoot i'm trying to think uh it was end of summer 2015 um so we're looking at the end of june era to kind of get things started we, we were really excited we had been on about a five or six month hiatus we were really excited to show people uh what we had been working on for the last five or six months and we wanted people to be blown away like wow these guys have you know changed their style up a little bit they've hopefully uh been able to play a lot tighter and have a lot better even better stage presence and i thought we had an okay reputation up to then but we were really excited to push the boundaries even more and uh and put on an even tighter and even better show and show them all these new songs we had been working on. So the first songs we put into the set list, I think we were playing with Leader, I think we played Salvager, um, we were tossing around a bunch of other songs we wanted to play, thinking about playing Rationalizer and a few others, and we ended up playing uh, Life Giver and just keeping uh, The Benevolent as the one old song for a little while that we were playing. So really since about summer uh, 2015, 20 of this year, we, uh, we've been uh, kind of starting to lay down the foundation of, of all the new songs so um speaking of that um i met you guys i saw you guys uh for map the universe uh their cd release party in visalia and uh i would just want to know um how you guys got hooked up with map the universe and and how the show went for you guys Absolutely. Uh, it was an absolute blast. We were so stoked to play at uh, 210 Cafe. is one of our favorite uh, venues to play, man, anywhere in California. We love playing 210 Cafe. It's right downtown in Visalia. And uh, something about playing all those valley areas, man, We just there's just so many kids come out and have so much fun. And it's an absolute blast to get to go out there. And uh, so we originally met Jacob uh, from At the University of the Real 
his old band, Your Hero, the villain that he used to be in, and we played uh, we played one or two shows with them, and kind of got to know him pretty well. And then he was a part of, then he ended up leaving and ended up being a part of Map the Universe. And we were really excited because he was, you know, telling me a little bit about the style and and how it was uh, a lot different than stuff he had done in the past. And, and man, their style, man, they're, they're just like they're so cool. They're just all over the place. Like I don't yeah. know how to describe them, man. They're like they're like Chon meets like like all kinds of just weird. Uh, Chon meets the used meets like some elements of like post hardcore in there and alternative rock and like but it's they were just absolutely phenomenal so we were super stoked to get to play their CD release tour um, it's a great album for anyone that uh, that doesn't own it to go grab a copy of it and uh, Map the Universe are just they're just killer killer musicians awesome dudes uh, anybody anybody who's a big fan of, of technical style music with a lot of diversity uh, would really like them, and anyone who likes bands like Animals as Leaders needs Chon, needs like all kinds of bands like that. They definitely need to go check them out. And uh, Jacob's an awesome dude. He is. He he really is. The entire band was really cool. So they're, they're good guys. Um, so that night, one thing that I saw that I really enjoyed about your band is you guys went on stage. You guys did a little huddle after sound check and i noticed that all of your shirts matched and i was just wondering what what was that about is there an idea behind that is there something you guys are trying to say uh, yeah we were definitely uh i just kind of laughed to myself a little bit about it because we had a lot of a little bit of debate at first about whether or not we wanted to do that we were like man do we want to pull this like boy band thing and like do this like matching shirt thing like what kind of an image is this going to portray and we kind of bounced it back and forth but uh, we're big on our, our diamond logo is, is super big and close to our hearts. And it's a logo that we've used literally since pretty close to day one of the band, like summer 2013, uh, we came up with that. Or, uh, Stuart Nori, our uh, super talented graphic designer, kind of came up with that, that diamond we have. And, you know, a bunch of our friends will have it tattooed on us. So we were like, man, what if we played shows through like the end of 2015, early 2016, and we had these diamond shirts on it and you know they didn't say the architect they didn't have anything they just had this symbol and it's sort of uh kind of the same i don't know if for just to kind of use an example like the dead throne symbol that devil wars Prada has been using for you know the last few years they have that symbol all over the place on stage and we're like we just wanted something that was like a really cool symbol of something that that's positive that's meaningful to us that uh that we can all wear on stage and literally have these shirts and, uh, you know, we always start, we do a, a fast prayer, a little quick huddle before, you know, while uh, while you know, our intro is playing or at the beginning of our set, just to kind of like get organized and, and pray over the show or do whatever we want to do. And um, so we just all kind of get together. But it's kind of a cool image when we do that. Now that I think about it, I didn't even notice it at first until I started looking at pictures of our shows. But when we do that, we have all of our backs facing and you can see all of our diamonds. So you literally have like three diamonds from all the, all the three of us on stage turned around because we have a big one on our back and then a small one like over the top left area of our uh, of our shirt, a little diamond and a huge diamond on the back. So you see all the big diamonds on the back and then you see Joseph, our drummer's diamond on the front of his shirt and you just see just like diamonds everywhere. And then we've got, you know, usually one of the guitar cabinets will have a diamond too. We have a, a big uh, drop in the back that we put up a big banner in the back of our huge cracked diamond design. And you just kind of have this big symbol of 
this positive uh, this, this positive symbol that we use all over everything, and it's just kind of plainly just put all over the place. So it was definitely a little bit of a debate about whether or not we should use the shirt, but it's, we feel like it's been it's been a blast and, and awesome using them thus far. That is awesome, man. That really, really is. I, I really enjoyed it. It it just it showed unity on stage, and sometimes. Um, it, it really proves a lot about a band when you see unity on stage and it was really cool to see that because i haven't seen that in a very long time so awesome thank you so much man it's just something we just wanted something again that it's a little bit of a sense of unity and uh you know like when we put on that diamond shirt it's it's meaningful to us and it's like man all right like we're we're in uniform and you know it, it doesn't mean that we're not ourselves when we're on stage but at the same time when we go on stage we're we're performing and it's like we're there to to put on a show and have fun and there's a sense of unity when we wear these kind of shirts when we're up on stage of uh of how we're all you know working together for for the same whatever same cause or same purpose or or whatever kind of ideas and uh we would just look at a lot of other bands that we would watch and you know it just sends kind of a little bit of like this disorganization you know you have a kid wearing a devil wears Prada shirt you have a kid wearing a wearing an august burns red shirt a kid wearing a veil on shirt and a kid wearing an eye of the breather shirt all on stage and it's just kind of like you get you know four members or five members of a band with all five different five different band shirts on while they're up on stage playing a show and it's just kind of a little bit of a sense of like this organization i felt like and i just wanted something like what can we do to kind of like unify us and that was one of the one of the ideas that we went for that is awesome man um so can you tell me about the song salvager absolutely that is our drummer joseph's absolute favorite song i think both on the album and the play live he absolutely loves the song um salvager is pretty much dead center in the middle of the album and a lot of the a lot of the concepts, a lot of the, the lyrical content of it was based around uh, picking up the pieces of your life, getting ready to, you know, uh, count it all as lost, pick up the pieces, recover your mess, collect your thoughts, left in disarray of picking up these pieces of your life and essentially starting over again. And it's, again, the concept of either somebody turning their life around, changing their life around, and making those first steps into moving out of that, that lifestyle or that mode of thinking and changing the uh, their attitude to spiritually and mentally thanks man all right well this is salvager <laughs> Yeah. 
Now it's up to you to find the fragments of this tragedy and place them back together in this awful mosaic. That's your goal. You are salvager so brooks um you told me during one of the breaks you wanted to to mention a few of the local bands that you guys have shared the stage with that you think are are awesome and need exposure and you would like to talk about so um who are those bands let me know um i i'm pretty sure i've heard of a few of them so oh man that's that that list is definitely long but if i just have to sum it up and do a handful of bands uh our buddies and bears among men uh, they're also from uh, Central Coast of California out here. Just super, super awesome dude. Uh, Kyle Foster, Jose, Greg, Fernando, Ryan, all those dudes are just awesome. Uh, incredible musicians. Their new album, Honesty, is out, so you can pick it up to um, pretty much anywhere you get digital music, anywhere you want. Map the Universe, those guys are awesome. Our buds in Apogee, just incredible, incredible musicians. They're from Visalia area. Map the Universe is from out towards Fresno. Um, there's so many great bands. A lot of our friends uh, locally out here, we play there. We play out here a lot with bands like Into the Abyss and Judgment for Kings, and a lot of awesome bands out here too. So we just we've had an amazing opportunity to share the stage with, with a ton of incredible bands. Um, you know, I think about the, you know, I think about the the two times we've got to play with Phineas out towards in Bakersfield. You know, Phineas is not like. You know, these guys aren't like Metallica status, but they're they're getting up there and they're just getting ready to get off the tour. They just got off the tour with, uh, you know, Phineas Silent Planet, uh, Fit for King Gideon, and uh, Four Today. So it's like, man, we've got to, we got to play with this band wow. that that has connections with all of these other bands, and it's like this is absolutely phenomenal, and uh, just super super cool, absolutely amazing. And uh, we also got to play with the ongoing concept this last uh, couple months, which was also incredible. So it's definitely been a dream come true playing with so many awesome bands who have both uh, either either haven't been discovered yet or have been started to become discovered but there are just so many bands that we listen to that we want to explode man like bands like kingdom of giants and and uh, bears among men and forevermore and, and so many bands we just we think deserve to just like start to explode and we really hope that can happen oh man i i truly know the feeling i really do um <laughs> so for your band for the architect what is next well, we have a, a bunch of different stuff going on. Um, through the rest of 2015, we're on kind of a little bit of a hiatus right now. Uh, our new bass player, Michael Valencia, and uh, who has just joined the band recently, is, is really excited to start playing a bunch of shows with us. He essentially was our, our merch guy at a lot of our different shows. 
Jason has a super big passion for playing with heavy bands, so he's going to start playing with us, and uh, he's super excited about that. And so we can kind of expect uh, just a little bit of a break through the next uh, month and a half, two months or so, and then kicking off the beginning of 2016 with uh, a lot more shows uh, locally and a lot, little more like weekend runs and mini tours and and uh, probably playing with a lot of awesome bands and and probably jumping on some stuff with our friends at Bears Among Men most likely. That is awesome to hear, man. I, I can't wait. I really hope you guys venture back to uh, the Central Valley because uh, oh, I absolutely. really, I'm sure, really I'm sure we will. We, we take pretty much every opportunity we can play any of the Valley areas in California. We go for it. You know, anywhere, Bakersfield, Madera, Fresno, Visalia, anywhere out there, man. It's cool. It's, you know, there's kids just love going to shows out there. And, you know, we, we love playing locally in our area, but it's so much fun to get out of our comfort zone and play in these different areas. Yeah. And uh, where, where kids haven't heard of us, and, you know, and they're like, man, there's these new guys playing through the area that, that you know, put on a, a hopefully a, a super fun show and had a really good time. So it's super awesome. Yeah, man. You guys were great to see, and, and I, I really do want to see you guys again. So Thank you so much. To, to wrap this up, where can people find you, and where can people get the Life uh, Life Giver CD? Absolutely. Uh, our, our Facebook is facebook.com slash The Architect Music, so you're always welcome to check us out there. We're at The Architect Official on Instagram. Uh, we're on Twitter as well. And people can pick up uh, Life Giver anywhere. They can digital music is sold. And if they want hard copies, they're welcome to either look at cdbaby.com for hard copies, or they're more than welcome to contact me or through the Architect Facebook page, and I'll gladly send them uh, a hard copy uh, and just mail it to them if they'd like as well. That is awesome, man. I have it. I have it signed by all of you guys, including I'm sorry, <laughs> the uh, the guest vocalist from Apogee. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, had, I think he was. Yeah. He. I think he was playing with us that night, and uh, and our friend, uh, our friend Nick was playing bass for us that night as well. So I think he signed it too. So yeah. it was. It's a blast. It's. It's so cool. It's. It's a cooler experience for us to get to sign stuff for people, and uh, like it's. A, it's cooler for us than it is for them almost because we're like we're all very normal dudes were the dudes that you know kind of got like picked on in high school and you know we're just kind of like very average dudes that didn't think we'd ever get to do anything this cool and then here we are you know there's like a high school kid like you know 14 15 around the time that i was talking to bigger bands and i wanted stuff signed by them and then here they are these kids you know 14 15 16 year old kid that comes up to me He's like, oh, man, can you sign this for me? Or can you get a quick picture with me? And I'm like, seriously, dude? Like, <laughs> and they think that, you know, we're like celebrities or something. And I'm like, dude, like, I, I wait tables, man. Like, I've worked in restaurants my whole life. And, and uh, I'm just a, a regular dude. So it's super cool, man. We were just as honored to sign that album as uh, probably as you were to get it. So it's it's super cool, man. Yeah, you guys, you guys are fantastic, man. It was great to see you guys. So um, that's the end of the interview. I thank you so much for your understanding. As I told you earlier, this week has been just a hell. It's been a, just a hellish week. So I thank you for your understanding and your patience with me and my schedule and everything that happened. And it's been wonderful talking to you about The Architect because I've been, my brain has been trying to figure you guys out since I saw you. So <laughs> it is great to thank be able so to talk much, to man. you. So thank, thank you, you so much, Andrew. We appreciate it, man. We love uh, local music revolution. We absolutely love it. And anytime, man, we'll definitely be out in the Central Valley uh, pretty soon. I can pretty much guarantee it. So we can't wait to uh, see you again, bro.
Alright, brother. Thank you again. You have a good night. I will be talking to you very soon, man. Thank you so much, bud. And that was Brooks from The Architects. What'd you think, guys? What'd you think? I really want to know what you thought. So go to facebook.com slash the local music revolution, Twitter at TLMR podcast, on Tumblr at tumblr.com slash the local music revolution, on Instagram at the local music revolution, and on WordPress, the local music Let me know what you thought about the episode. Also, let me know what you think about all the episodes. How many have you listened to? I want to know these things. Here's this week's episode of the Dirtbag Block of Rock. They are interviewing a management company that has made an app to help you with touring? Hmm. Really odd. It's kind of like it's supposed to be on this show because I push helping artists. Hmm. Here's the Dirtbag Block of Rock. Enjoy. Good roll program confirmed. Go with throttle up. You are now listening to the Dirtbag Block of Rock. Welcome to the Dirtbag Block of Rock. I'm your host, Dirtbag Smitty. It's a different day, everybody. We got uh, Mr. Jesse Craig from the company Pair Booking. And what that Pair Booking has done is they've created an app that helps artists manage their touring adventure. You got... uh, calendars you can manage and you can uh, manage your expenses you also can manage your uh, legal documentation with contracts with the venue you can pay through paypal using pair booking it's a pretty amazing app it's for the hard-working touring musicians that are out there jesse craig say hello to everybody how you doing everyone thank you for having me on the show tell us about pair in in three separate blocks man simplify pair for the listeners sure sure so basically we created the first app-based booking platform on the planet there's nothing else like it out there and it functions in, in numerous ways we started with the booking aspect of it because that has to be the bedrock of everything we're building on top of it because with, if you don't book a show nothing else really matters in, in this particular situation and so we started with the bedrock being booked and so through the app you can accept offers they come with a push notification you can counter them you can change anything in the offer you can approve it you can decline it you sign the contract right there on your phone using your finger Um, All of the contracting process, so your contract itself lives in the app. Each of the uh, contact information, whether it's the promoter himself or herself um, or the production contact, all of that also lives in the contract inside the app and they're they're directly clickable. So phone number, email, things like that. So that whole part of the contracting process lives in there. It kind of basically explains the master calendar because you've got calendar of dates plus all of your history. The other pieces, so the other blocks, if you will, using that language is right now we have a full expenses tool. So you can enter in all your expenses per show and uh, and it keeps them in there. And then at the end of the year, you can export a CSV file of all your expenses already itemized. That's huge. As an artist, you you want to, you, there's so much you can write off in the entertainment industry. Well, that's, you live, you that's, as, an, in, as an independent artist, I think that's how we survive. <laughs> is your tax yeah, absolutely. And, and bonus, by the way, because we are a tool and we are a subscription, tears the write-off. So if your subscription uh, to Pair is a write-off. But uh, then later on this year, we're going to come out with our advancement tools. Um, and what that is, is that is you've got a, a basically a stage plot, input list, and a writer. And those are your kind of your three biggest advancement tools that every, every artist wants a contract that's been made. Those are the three things you're sending to the promoter of the venue 
after you've contracted the show because they need to know what's your stage plot look like, how many people are on the stage, where do they stand, where do the drums go, so forth and so on, how many microphone inputs, things like that. Your writer is all your specifics, and then your input list goes in line with your stage plot. So those are all going to be customizable and live within the app and be sent with the contract automatically. And again, nobody's doing that right now. That doesn't typically happen. So it even so uh, the in, app in even manages world. your uh, your uh, your production sheets and things like that. The things that you're sending to the venues before you get there. Absolutely. Yep. Jesse Craig, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, it was very educational. Thank you for what you guys thank do you. and your team. We appreciate that. Um, and I'm excited to deliver this product to the Dirtbag Artists. Any last words? This is Jesse Craig with Pair Booking. You are going to be listening to the Dirtbag Artist Dead Animal Assembly Plant. This is their new song, Rise With Me. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the Dirtbag Block of Rock.
For more music from the band Dead Animal Assembly Plant and other Dirtbag sponsored artists, visit Dirtbag.com. For the full interview, subscribe to us on YouTube at Dirtbag Clothing 1996. The Dirtbag Block of Rock is brought to you by Dirtbag Clothing, sponsored by Pair Booking. And that was the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, contact me. Um, I've said it twice in the show already. I'm pretty confident you guys know how to get a hold of me now. If you don't, refer to previous statements in episode. Thank you to everybody listening. Thank you to Dirtbag Smitty for providing such great episodes to be on this show. It's really great working with a company that I've always wanted to work with. It's uh, very, very awesome. Maybe one of these days I'll actually go into how that came about and how patience played a huge role in it. Again, if you're looking for the podcast on anywhere other than WordPress, um, all you have to do is go to iTunes, Stitcher, or any other podcast catcher and look up the local music revolution. We will pop up. You will see us. You can subscribe, rate, add, or comment the show and let us know how we are doing if you have any suggestions for bands please direct them to the wordpress at current time there is an interview sign up sheet there it's just basic information i need to make this process a lot easier for everybody involved go there check it out and again keep in touch guys that's it for this episode thank you guys very much for sticking around next week we have the return of sexual stevo and the neighborhood scum it is going to be a really, really awesome episode. I really enjoy it. Sadly, there are things that I can't have in that show that the original will have. So I will be posting double duty. Um, one censored, one uncensored, one on the podcast stream, and one that you can only download at the WordPress link. So that will be awesome to have you guys doing that. Until next time, this is the Local Music Revolution. I am Ogre. You are fantastic. Take care and be good, everyone. This is the local this music is revolution. The local music is. revolution. Local music 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 revolution.